0: Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Trash Recap Podcast. I'm Joe from B1029. We also have Shiler from B1029, and we're recapping some of the big entertainment stories from the week of August 8th. And we had some big ones, Shiler, and this one I'm going to have you lead off with because I know you've been following this and, and we all kind of knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. And I'll be honest, I thought it was going to last a little longer, but I don't know, you, you fill us in on what the big breakup story was from the week.
1: Oh yeah, I, I didn't. I did not see this relationship like riding off into the sunset. As soon as uh, Pete Davidson started talking about marriage and kids, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, this is the 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 whole Kim Kardashian Pete Davidson romance began as a booty call. It was never gonna be the marriage of the times, <laughs> but they have broken up. I am not surprised by it at all. Um, in fact. I not to brag, but I saw this coming a few weeks ago before there were whispers about it. I have noticed some things on each of their social medias that implied that there was either way too much effort being forth being put forth to prove that they were okay and also contradictory like they were letting go. So the 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 story that they are giving is that there is just too much, of an age difference between them. They're in completely different spots in their life, which is very true. You know, Kim is married. She's got four kids. I'm sorry. She's been married. She has four kids. You know, she wants to be, you know, a HBIC boss woman and mother. You know, that's her primary role is being a mom, being a good mom and, you know, building her empire and, and keeping her empire safe. Whereas Pete's, on the up and up, like he's, he's up and coming, but he also is in you know, he's ready to settle down and and have a family of his own, not necessarily raise somebody else's kids. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't think that that would be a deal breaker for him. He was obviously very good with Kim's Kim and Kanye's kids. I just don't, I didn't see them being able to make it work past ultimately the, the maturity difference between them. Because Pete Davidson, I'm sorry, he's just not a super, like, he's not the, <laughs> the pinnacle of maturity, in my opinion. But there were also He's
0: like an overgrown like, kid.
1: Exactly. Which was fun for Kim. And it, it made it really fun, a really fun fling. And that's all it was ever going to be, I think, for her. I think she did genuinely care about him. And I think he was the rebound that she so desperately needed. Being with Kanye and babysitting him, I'm sorry, I know that sounds a little insensitive, but... Kanye, I'm sorry, is a handful and he's hard to keep track of. He's hard to reel in when he goes on these manic episodes. It's it's got to be exhausting. So to be with someone like Pete, who was just carefree and fun and it was just all about pure happiness and just enjoying the moment had to have been so therapeutic for Kim. So I'm sure she has so much love for Pete and appreciation, especially because he was Kanye's like personal emotional punching bag there the entire time as well. But I've heard (laughs) rumors that Kim and Kanye are working things out for the sake of the children. I don't know if that's necessarily the truth because I think that Kim and her, well, I think momager Chris is going to fight those rumors as much as she can until it gets to a point where Kanye proves or establishes himself more concretely. I do think they're going to end up back together. There, I said it. (laughs) Uh-oh, do you think so? (laughs) I do. I I think he might have screwed the pooch, so to speak, with his latest Instagram post. Did you see that?
0: Yeah, I did. Now, that now all was, of his Instagram has been scrubbed since then, though.
1: Yes, well, because I think Chris got involved. I think that Kim and Kanye have been trying to work things out, or at least they've been revisiting that idea of the the, the nuclear family unit. And I think he really goofed by posting that and posting and and going off the way he did because it was very, very disturbing and horrific to imply what that Instagram post implied and yeah. I don't it, it was just really gross to me. I I really hated that when I saw that. I was like that's so unbecoming of you know what America's richest black man. It's like he's Kanye West. He doesn't need to resort to these these weird immature social media beefs and mm-hmm. I think he was in a place where he was headed in that direction and then he just kind of, you know, dropped the ball and made an I'm sorry, an ass out of himself with that.
0: Yeah, and- I I I think look, I don't know. I I We knew that I think that if Kim and Pete I think maybe 10 years into the future had this happened, I think this would have been kind of a more solid foundation than just what you call a booty call, because I think Pete would have been more established. Kim would have settled down with, you know, the whole divorce thing. The kids have been older. Pete, you know, I don't know, maybe would had a relationship serious, maybe had a kid or two down the road, who knows? But I think, yeah, you're right. In this point of time, Kim, obviously still working through the divorce with Kanye. Kids are still young. Pete, Still establishing himself. Still, I mean, in, in a way, still growing up, in yes. the sense that you know he hasn't had a. I mean, he hasn't really had a serious, serious relationship. Um, hasn't had. You know, he wants to have kids. Wants to get married. Yeah, Kim was like, "Look, I'm not ready for that. I'm still, you know, working through the stuff with Kanye, the kids. I'm still building my empire yet. But, and, and to, and look, I don't." I don't think Kim and Kanye will get back, back together. Will they be more civil? Yes. I That's, do think so. I do think they'll be more civil. I I don't see Kim and Kanye getting back together. As much as I think Kanye would want that to happen. Desperately. I, I don't <laughs> think Kanye can let go of his ego, his beefs, his... I mean, it's, it's like comes like it waves. Like, you know, Kanye right now is like dude, pump the brakes because not only did he go after Pete Davidson after they broke up, you know, he went after his former pal kid Cuddy on Instagram yeah. because he was kind of palling around with Pete and he was upset about it. Now that also got scrubbed from his Instagram. His Instagram is just as of right now, just whoosh, come, you know, just clean. There's nothing there. Um, And so I, I, I think that, for whatever reason, Connie just can't let stuff go. Can't just let it roll off. And he's still going to have the occasional beef with so-and-so because somebody said something or somebody didn't agree with him on something else. And honestly, I don't think Kim wants to deal with that. I mean, as much as Connie could probably say, I promise I won't do that. I promise. Mm, I, I don't know. I don't think she wants that drama in her life, to be honest.
1: No, and she shouldn't, she shouldn't. I don't think it is her responsibility to step right back into that relationship with Kanye. It's not her responsibility to take care of him or lead him or anything. She as we've seen through her entire career, Kim is a very independent individual. As much as like she depends on, you know, her mom and her family, her sisters, you know, I've never really seen Kim like need a man. You know, and that's that's what I love so much. And I know that that has got to be like the M.O. that Chris is really going to push for Kim's image is that she's going to raise these four kids alongside Kanye, but not like in a familial unit. When it comes down to them getting back together, I think, in my opinion, it's going to be it's going to be on Kim or Chris's terms. Kanye definitely has to prove himself to be completely independent, in control of himself, and his mind. He's going to have to go through, if he's not already going to therapy and, and seeking help for his mental illnesses, he's going to have to do that and have that a part of his routine and stick to it in order for him to even entertain the idea. But I that is my prediction, is that they're going to sit down and she's going to say, look, I I want this to work like for my family for my kids, mm-hmm. I want them to have this. I need you to get your stuff together. And that will trigger him or maybe they've already worked that out to where he, you know, he might have had a setback. I think in order for her to leave Pete now I think something was already in the works with Kanye. I think he I think he goofed, but I think they were already maybe on the right path and I think, you know, he's kind of going to have to start from square one.
0: Right. Well, I guess we'll see. I mean, obviously, this this will be still developing. We're still going to hear more about, you know, what led to the breakup, where things stand between Kim and Kanye. And, you know, speaking of therapy and, and Pete Davidson, I, I was a little surprised by this just because of how Pete has been able just to kind of let those, you know, little jabs by Kanye while Pete and Kim were together just kind of roll right off. him. Mean, he didn't seem to care. There's been some reports now that since the breakup, he's had to seek out some like trauma therapy. And a source says that the attention and, of course, the the negativity coming from Kanye has been kind of a trigger for Pete. And he's had to kind of seek out help, which I mean, obviously, I, I think in the in the spotlight, he just wants to make it look like, you know, and, and, and I don't. And Pete just kind of comes off that way. Like he he can make fun of himself. He can roll with the punches. It doesn't seem like anything bothers him. So when I was when I read that he was seeking out some trauma therapy after the breakup, I was a little surprised. But then after kind of thinking about it, it's like, well, I mean, maybe he thought that this whole thing with Kim might have developed into something else, you know, something more. And then after that, and then, of course, Kanye with the with the New York Times headline posting that he shared on Instagram then deleted. I don't know. Maybe that was just enough. For him to just kind of break a little bit and be like, you know what, I need to talk to somebody about this because I'm not, I'm I'm not dealing with it well, and and I think that Pete will eventually get back to being Pete again. And will he make it, fun of himself in the relationship? Sure. That's just how. That's just I think who he is. Yeah. Um, but I was just a little. I was a little surprised to to hear that. And honestly, if if he was feeling that, then good for him for seeking help.
1: Yeah. You know what this tells me. It it makes me feel. As though what we have seen Kanye do and say, you know, via social media, via source reports um, from, you know, supposedly inside, I think it was much, much, much more. Like, it had been worse. It had to have been way more personal, way more directed and targeted. And what we've seen has been absolutely disgusting and disturbing. So if he's seeking trauma therapy, I really do think that it's been... Way more intense than they're letting on. I think Chris is censoring a lot of the stuff for the sake of her grandkids, for Kim's kids, and for the fact that, you know, she does, you know, I'm sure Kim wants, nobody wants their, you know, their significant other, even if it is an ex, to be seen as this horrible monster who's sending death threats and horrible, disgusting language to a seemingly innocent kind of dude just over, you know, a breakup. So I think there's been a lot of protection of Kanye and what he's actually said. And that's why I think it's way worse. And that's why we haven't heard a lot from Pete. And all we're hearing is that he's in therapy. Also, this is a great, and I I hate to be like this, but you've got to do this with celebrity news. This is a fantastic opportunity for Pete to play Play up the role of, you know, heartbroken and devastated over this breakup and adding more to the fuel on the anti Kanye fire. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't not believe that he's in therapy and I don't not believe that this is, you know, something that he had to do because of the abuse and harassment that he had experienced. But if this is a PR move, it's fantastic. In my opinion, it's like, cause he's got this great opportunity to be like, you know, I wanted everything with him. She made me think that we were going to be together forever. I was taking her kids, you know, shopping. I was spending time with her family. I was on their freaking TV show and she left me and, you know, left me brokenhearted. And then her ex-husband is still sending me these horrible death threats. I had to go to therapy and get help because I was so abused and heartbroken and whatnot it's a great move for him. It puts him in like this sympathetic kind of, kind of state where Kanye, you know, you might've had a little bit of sympathy for Kanye because Kim did move on very publicly and very quickly, but now that's, that's gone. <laughs> I think, I think yeah. any of sympathy towards Kanye is pretty much expired.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, people are going to feel sorry for Pete. No one's really going to be angry at Kim. Um, no. But everyone's definitely going to direct their... If there's going to be any sort of anger directed, it's going to be toward Kanye.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Alright, so moving on to another type of feud, which I know you're also following, Shiloh, you can tell us more about it. Uh, iCarly stars Jeanette McCurdy. She has a new memoir that just came out, and she shares details about her feud with Ariana Grande while they were you know, doing iCarly and their salmon cat, salmon cat days. So fill us in a little bit on what Jeanette wrote in her memoir. And I'm sorry, the title of her memoir is oh. a bit disturbing.
1: Yeah, it is. So she wrote this, this book, it's called, I'm glad my mom died. Yeah. A lot to unpack there. Very, <laughs> so much to unpack there. And she's posing on the cover of the book with, and earn with, like, uh, streamers, like, like <laughs> coming out of it. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a <laughs> lot to unpack there, like I said. Yeah. So I've been a fan of Jeanette McCurdy forever. Obviously, I watched her when I was a kid, but she's she's very, very talented. She's very, very relatable. And she's written all throughout this book, you know, that she kind of got bullied into... Her acting career, she didn't really want to do it, but it made her mom happy. So she wow. had to do it to make her mom happy. And then when it stopped being happy, making her happy, it, it it just became a very toxic relationship, not only with her mother, but with her career and the people that she was working with. You know, she was supposed to be making a career and a name for herself through Nickelodeon. And here she is being... um treated horribly and taking being taken advantage of by a you know Nickelodeon execs and and the industry itself and she she is so good with her words you know she comes out and says that you know the, the feud with Ariana Grande is less of a feud and more of more of like a like a rivalry I guess mm-hmm. to say so she You know, they got along great, but she just wasn't getting the same opportunities as Ariana Grande. You know, even before Ariana Grande, you know, left Nickelodeon and became a star, you know, she was jealous. She said, quote, I'm pissed about it. I'm pissed at her, jealous of her for a few reasons. So now every time she misses work, it feels like a personal attack. Because she's getting these other opportunities to go and do, you know, build her career beyond Nickelodeon, and Jeanette was not getting those opportunities because she wasn't as moldable as Ariana Grande was in those in those moments. You know, Ariana Grande had, um, you know, still has, you know, this amazing singing talent. She's a great actress. She's a great impressionist. She's hilarious. She's very relatable. Nobody paid that close of attention beyond Nickelodeon towards Jeanette McCurdy like they did Ariana Grande. So it's mostly a rivalry and just just so much jealousy and frustration that Jeanette was so pigeonholed into these childish roles and didn't really get to spread her wings and do things the way she wanted to. She's always done things the way her mom made her do them and the way Nickelodeon made her do them. And she is pissed about it. She's so pissed about it, she wrote a whole book.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, she even mentioned, too, that she, she she talks about a couple instances where uh, she says, quote, I booked two features during iCarly that I had to turn down because the iCarly team wouldn't write me out of episodes to go shoot them. And so for Ariana's character, according to McCurdy, is that they just kind of what she said would just put her character in a box, per se. So Ariana could go off and do her thing while McCurdy had to stay on set to film the show and I mean yeah I mean she wanted to kind of you know of course she wanted to be a star in her own way and to have it all just nope nope sorry Ariana gets to do this but you don't I could be I would yeah it's like well wait a minute I want to go and do these things too I got I got a couple of gigs already booked why can't I go lock my character in a box while I go do this
1: yeah and not to mention she's already dealing with you know, this immense pressure to look good. So she's a young woman dealing with an eating disorder. She was, she admitted that she had battled bulimia um, on top of, you know, her toxic relationship with her mother and fighting for a chance at a career. Plus, you know, like I said, she's experiencing these really creepy and uh, harassing, experiences with Nickelodeon producers executives that to the point where they offered her hush money they offered her $300,000 in exchange for her silence to never speak publicly about her experiences with Nickelodeon are you are you kidding me wow i mean there was a point in the book where she had said that um she she dis, she does not name anyone specifically that she called him the creator and she had said that she was 17 or 18 and he gave her alcohol and was giving her like a shoulder back massage without oh. consent.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. That's and then they crazy. were like, here's $300,000. Don't tell anybody about that. And she's like, "Uh, no, get bent. I don't want your hush money.
0: Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is just, you know, it, it's interesting because we see these childhood actors and actresses. And, as they grow up, you, then you start hearing about all the things that just kind of went on during that time that I mean they're, they're i mean they're kids they yeah. can't they can't really do anything for themselves because they're underage, so they got to have you know an agent or a guardian or a parent or somebody, a manager kind of do all that stuff for them. And then, when they grow out of it and they you know kind of go out on their own, it's it's almost traumatizing. they don't know how to handle it yeah. and and it's like something like you know, s- flips. And, I mean, we've seen it with Britney Spears, obviously. Um,
1: yes. Oh, A
0: number of childhood actors and actresses.
1: You know who I've been watching? Like, he's like one of my comfort characters, is Bam Margera. Yeah. It's these these kids who are literally kids. Even if you are in high school or, you know, your teen years, you're still a child. Like, you don't have a fully developed brain to make decisions that like long term decisions that are going to have these effects on you, you know, you know, Bam Margera is finally back in a treatment facility because of his his family, you know, kind of pushing him to do that. And, and it's like a lot of these child stars, they're not taught, you know, fiscal responsibility or they, you know, they're taken advantage of by their families. Um mm-hmm. Lindsay Lohan is a great example of that, where you know, you know her parents, you know, can can swindle money out of her um, and push conservatorships on people. You know, bam, his his situation was a medical or a health based concern. it wasn't a conservatorship. It was more like a he had a, a health representative um, kind of a power of attorney kind of thing. Uh, but his family has always uh, managed his finances. But it's like, yeah, these kids don't know what they're doing, and they make maybe questionable decisions, or they they age out of it or completely separate themselves from Hollywood in general, and they look back and go, Whew, that was a close one. Yeah. Like I realized all the trauma I was gonna take with me from Hollywood of all places. You would think that, you know, Hollywood, you know, it's it should it should be you know, fame and fortune and happiness. And it's just a land of opportunities to be taken advantage of and humiliated.
0: Yeah, I know. It, it definitely doesn't, if you have hopes and dreams of becoming a successful uh, actor or actress in Hollywood, it's...
1: Yeah, go on TikTok.
0: <laughs> yeah, just, you'd be better off doing that than trying to work your way through there, it just seems like. it's uh, Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. It is very dangerous. Yeah, I mean, and another one, another one I think about too is uh, Corey Feldman. I mean, Corey yes. Feldman was a was a childhood actor, and all the stuff that he went through you
1: after he so right. became an adult. Yes, uh, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, another one. Yeah, we can name we can name names. Oh, all we, the we, we the could
0: time. do an entire weekly trash recap podcast on the trauma of childhood actors and actresses.
1: Actually, we could we could dig real deep. I'll just <laughs> we could
0: research. <laughs> it would almost be very depressing. It's like, oh man, I we don't could know, have
1: success stories in there.
0: There would be some, yeah. There would be some successful stories. You're right, for sure. Okay, so finally, our what story? My wife actually is the one that actually alluded me to this story. Um, and this is so there is this uh this shop. Uh, they're called Fiberglass Freaks. And they're actually in Logan here in Indiana, which is only like 40, 45 minutes up the road from Lafayette. Um, they are, as far as I know, the only licensed, like actually licensed by, by DC Comics to build replica Batmobiles, the Adam West Batmobile. So he is, as far as I know, the only one that can build these licensed Batmobile replicas in the nation, maybe even the world. I don't know. Um, but here's here's what's happened is there's this um, realtor mogul guy, his name is and I'm, and I'm gonna butcher his name probably eight different times, <laughs> Sam Anagnosto. And so the report from the local ABC station in San San Francisco is the one doing all the investigative reporting. And so I've been following this. And I'm and look, I promise we're not gonna do something Batman related on every podcast. Oh, no but, we are. <laughs> but, but let's just, you know, it, it's Batman. I'm like, oh, we got to talk about it. And you try, I was like, well, okay. <laughs> but anyway. I'm good with so, it. Yeah. So the, the reporter doing the investigative, uh, he's been investigating this for several days now. And so here's what happened is Sam Ad- Adagnosto is the, is the realtor rich guy in the San Francisco area. Wanted a replica of Batmobile. So he got in touch with uh, the owner. Um, his name is Mark Raycop. He's the one that owns uh, Fiberglass Freaks in, in Logansport. You know they did the transaction. Okay, he made payments. Okay, I, and so over the months as he's building the spatmobile, for some reason, like Sam just just ghosts, just ghosts him. Can't get a hold of him. He's missing a payment. Uh, allegedly, the owner of Fiberglass Freaks, Mark Raycop, you know, trying to get a hold of him for months. So. Finally, after no response, just moves his order to the back of the pack so he can get his other orders out the door. Well, apparently Sam didn't like that too much. And so what happened was the sheriff of San Mateo County, his name is Sheriff Carlos Bolanos, I guess is friends with Sam and Agnosto. That's according to the reporter. So the sheriff had sent a lieutenant and a few other officers from San Mateo County over here to Indiana to Logansport to basically serve this guy a warrant and raid his shop, froze his bank accounts. As far as I know, they're still frozen. Holy crap. Just for a Batmobile.
1: Well, and and that that wasn't even like being communicated with or being paid for. Right. And so
0: some of the other stories that I've read is that the Logansport police kind of, acted as a liaison but they were like what are they rating this guy for so anyway after the whole raid thing is over um the reporter you know kind of digs into it a little bit and well sam and agnostic wanted to file a you know a, a case against you know mark Raycop and logan Sport in san mateo county well the business resides in logan Sport, so it has to be filed in indiana Oh. Okay, so, a it's like, well, why did you send officers over there in the first place? If it has to be done so in Indiana. Second of all, what after talking to some district attorneys, the reporter did in in San Francisco, it's like, well, this is a civil case. This is a business dispute. There's no reason why we should. There's no reason why to waste resources like this because somebody wanted a Batmobile and allegedly missed a payment. And there was some miscommunication between the builder, the owner, and Sam and Agosto. (laughs) So, and and, and here's the other thing, too, is that the sheriff is on this month-long vacation, according to the reporter.
1: Wow.
0: I want to know how I can get a job where I can take a month off. (laughs) No kidding. First of all. And so... After some more investigative reporting, the reporter finds out that the uh, the board of uh, supervisors that I guess are looking into this are asking, I guess, the uh, district attorney to maybe, you know, look into this a little bit more and maybe call for his resignation, possibly, you know, s- some sort of discipline against the sheriff or, you know, sending. And also, too, they they said that the lieutenant was the one that uh, led this raid. Well. The reporter says that from other intel that he's gathered from inside the de- the, uh, the local de- uh, police department is that lieutenants don't do that, generally. They don't lead raids.
1: No. <laughs> the, yeah, all of this is happening in a right. weird way.
0: Yeah. And also, I guess this lieutenant who led the raid um, is has a bunch of titles, but... The one that he decided to use on the paperwork is like uh, has to do with narcotics. So when the police serve the warrant to the bank to freeze his bank accounts, his title is lieutenant of whatever narcotics team, whatever it is, they're thinking, oh, okay, well, this is something to do with, you know, drugs and narcotics when it has nothing to do with drugs or narcotics. It has to do with this pissed off realtor who wants his Batmobile, but allegedly missed a payment and is now mad and wants his Batmobile and the, the, uh, the reporter who actually talks to Mark Raycop in, in Logan sport and the poor guy, he's also a pastor too. The poor guy is like, look, he goes, I, I, I tried to reach out to him. He goes, this is, this is the most like insane thing I've ever been a part of in my life.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, he's got like a, Business, like he's got—I'm sure he's got employees that he's got to pay, right? And his stuff is frozen. It's this just—it just goes to show that this, um this Sam guy, when you have, when <laughs> you Sam have that kind of money, you can not only buy a freaking Batmobile, apparently, but you can pay off the sheriff and <laughs> and bully I yeah. into yeah. finishing it faster.
0: And so the reporter for ABC seven also talks a little bit about Sam and, and I guess he has a video of some of his. I I guess he likes collecting cars. And Uh so he, he he found a a recent divorce filing and some of the cars that he was allowed to keep, keep include like a Bentley, a Lamborghini, some sort of Volkswagen bus. It's like, wow.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's really hurting for a vehicle.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dude must be doing pretty well as a realtor in uh, in the area. So, I mean, I know San Francisco is not the cheapest place to live, but man, I know I feel bad for this poor guy in Logan Square because I mean, you know, he he loves Batman. He's building these Batmobiles, and all of a sudden, he just the wrong guy orders a Batmobile and is not happy. And he even says too in the in the in the interview that when police came you know, they, they wanted to, well, I guess the files and stuff on the car. Well, he has the, like, he has part of it built. He's like, no, this, this car right here is Sam's car. There's no other money on it. So if you want to take the shell of the car, I I guess. Okay. I don't know how you're going to get it back to California, but good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Um, they actually too arrested him and charged him with obtaining money by false pretenses and diversion of construction funds and froze his bank account. Obviously, he's been released. Um, but the San Mateo County di- District Attorney, all you know, everyone in California just kind of like, what are we doing? Why? Are, what are we wasting resources on this over Sam a- Anagnosto and this guy in Indiana over a Batmobile? craziness.
1: Yeah, it's this <laughs> crazy. Fiberglass freaks.
0: Yes. They're out of Logansport, Indiana. So he, he yeah, he's he's the only cool. yeah, he's the only he, he's licensed by DC Comics to actually build these replica battle. And they're really cool. I mean they look I mean he does a looks like a phenomenal job because I mean you look at them and they look just like the Adam West was yeah. in the 60s. I mean, it looks exactly. like he does a phenomenal job. So I'm on the you website
1: to see if there's a a price. You got to call for the price. But yeah, oh I mean, yeah.
0: Well, according really... to the the according to the report, uh, the Batmobile replica he ordered was $210,000. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they don't, not they're, not, they're not cheap. But it's yeah. a lot of work that goes into it.
1: Oh, of course. I'm about to get on their website and buy a shirt or something. Help this poor guy out. I know, right?
0: I mean, you feel bad for him, but I mean, hopefully things get cleared up. And I'm sure that I'm sure that Mark will obviously build his Batmobile, and just to probably just get him off his back, off his, you know, just just here. Yeah. Give me the money. I'll finish your Batmobile. Just go. Leave me in peace. <laughs>
1: for 20 bucks yeah yeah help our buddy Jeez. out man that's crazy
0: well that's gonna do it for this episode of our weekly trash recap podcast we drop new episodes every tuesday recapping some of the big entertainment stories of the week you can listen to all of the episodes at b1029.com or anywhere you get your podcasts for Schuyler, i'm joe from b1029 and we will catch you next week